When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we are qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites guideemily.com and alexlacy.com for information about our upcoming virtual tours uh, in the future, walking tours as well, uh, and also everything about the Blue Badge qualification and what it's all about. All right. Hello, hello everybody. Hello. Hi Emily, nice to see you. Hi Alex, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Yes, uh, very well. Week two of lockdown, uh, yes. almost complete. How are you yes. managing? Not too bad. And actually it helped because um, we were out and about together a few days ago, wasn't we? We were. We did um, yeah. a bit of a street art off. Socially distanced, we should say. But yeah, yes. for Global Tea Break, um, which I know some of you will have been watching, uh, Emily and I did a yeah, street art artist off in the East End of London, which was great fun, although it sort of descended into us just pointing out our favourite artists. Oh, it was, it was fabulous. Great. We were running around. It was like Challenge Annika on speed. It was. Uh... <laughs> it really was. <laughs> It was very cool. It was nice to be out. It was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, thank you for joining me in my little folly yeah, no of Global worries. Tea Break. Um, how have things been going? You've had a virtual tour this week, haven't you? Yes. So the Monday just gone. I had a street art virtual tour, um, which is really, really good. Um, and yeah, and next week I've got my Sketch History Trafalgar Square tour again on Monday. Fabulous. That was so good last time. Yeah. Oh, thank really, you. really good. And, and some amazing pieces as well. <laughs> people I really know, yeah. People really got into it. And albeit, you know, I only each time give people kind of two minutes or five minutes to sketch something. But yeah, the amount that you can do just in a short amount of time is it's pretty incredible, really. Oh, it's lovely. I'm really, really enjoying being creative during lockdown. It keeps me, uh, yeah. keeps me going. So there we go. Yeah, nice. Now we had um, uh, we had a couple of emails from people this week, didn't we? Which was really lovely. Oh, we did. So we One had in particular. A lovely message from Rachel Hart. She said, your delightful podcast is a weekly high point for me in these dark times. Thank you so much for spreading joy and knowledge. How lovely is that? Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Well, it's keeping us going. So I'm glad it's keeping you going as well. It's keeping us out of trouble, if nothing else. Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Rachel. Thank you so much. So um, last week we had, um, well, it was my pick last week and we had the River Fleet as our topic with kind of hidden rivers and the choices we gave you for Podcast Pedestal um, were some slightly unusual ones because it was um, a a slightly... Slightly random topic, I guess, in the way that we, you know, discussed it. It was a not not one that's got a necessarily a particular story or character arc kind of thing. Um, so we picked two possibly slightly unusual people or things for the podcast pedestal. I went with Sir Joseph Basiljet, 
who uh, is the man who created the kind of the sewerage system. Bit of a weird one, but hey. I know. Uh, I, with... I think your your choice was pretty strong, to be honest. I went with. Uh, well, I, I kind of chose the idea of the Fleet River being red. I just liked that. I liked it being full of blood. I mean, not liked it, but, you know, I was intrigued by it. So mine you know, was... You do the... love the gory stuff. You really love the grizzly <laughs> if stuff, If I was there, you? I would dip my toe in. Um, no, I... Oh, Emily. <laughs> I wouldn't really. I would just look on with disgust and wonder. Um, no, um, I... So mine was the... What was it? The Bloody River Fleet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you've got the results, haven't you? I have got the results. Um, and let me tell you, it was so close this week. Which I'm really it shocked about. So, so close. Because you thought it was going to just be a whitewash for, uh, for Basildet, didn't you? Completely. Completely. Yeah, You're telling me really that people close. have actually chosen the bloody river fleet. I have to tell you, there are six points in it. Oh, just six. Oh. Yeah, six. And, and <laughs> votes votes for both of them are in the 70s. So that's a really, really wow. close. Yeah, it's another kind of 48-52 style scenario. Um, so would you like to know your one first or mine? Um, let's go with yours. Okay, so Joseph Bazalgette, he got a total of 78 votes. Crikey. Gosh, thanks votes. also for voting, guys. This is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. And mm. I think we've got more votes this week than we've ever had, uh, ever had before. And Fantastic. Fleet River, 72. Oh, God. Do, do you know pipped. what? I, I think in the last podcast, I said that Basiljet was a pretty, uh, pretty much a hero when it came to the sewage in London and what he did. So I, I'm going to yeah. give you that. <laughs> How very gracious of you. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> stamping my it. foot under the table but i know <laughs> yeah you're not happy with that at all no. are you <laughs> but you're you're gracious in defeat so what's the um what's the score now so it's four three to you so oh. this keeps being the theme because we keep um you know we're we're on the same level and then you jump up one like yeah. a like a ninja and then i catch you up but <laughs> i'm never i'm never the ninja um so i need to this i've, I've got a good feeling about this week have you next, okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but yeah. i also have some more exciting news as well oh. um we this week we went past two thousand downloads of our <gasps> podcast a high five virtual yeah. high five <laughs> so thank so you everybody who's been downloading and liking subscribing and sharing the podcast because it means an awful lot and uh yeah you know we're, ha we're so happy to have you along so over that 2, is brilliant i mean even if we if we had like two people it would be like oh you know that's that's very sweet but <laughs> just yeah it's so nice to know that that many people are listening so that's great I'm really happy so there we go so this week where are we <sighs> off to well, we spanned the wheel last week and it landed yep. on Mayfair. Yay! So I decided to talk about how Mayfair came to be and in particular the fair that happened there in the month of May. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. It's, oh, good. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Um, do you like a fair yourself? Are you of a course, fair who doesn't? Love the Dodgems? Love the Dodgems. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. like a bit of a cattle fair. Yeah, yes. why not? Well, let me tell you, some of the things that happened at the Mayfair are a little bit strange. So I'm quite excited, actually, Even to tell you about some of the entertainment. <laughs> um, so, so let's start. Let's start from the beginning, shall we? A very um, good place to start. It is, yes. Yeah. So um, it has been said 
that uh, speculated that the Romans actually settled in the area that we now call Mayfair before they actually established Londinium in the city really? of London. Yes. Oh. So it is believed that um, there was a fort that was built in what is now Green Street in Mayfair. Um, and Green Street is full of beautiful terracotta houses, you know, five stories high, lots of flowers outside. No, <laughs> they're not responsible for that. Um, so they apparently built a fort there in 43 AD whilst waiting for Claudius to arrive. Oh my goodness, really? And, yeah. and um, do, what's the archaeological evidence for that? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> so this is speculation. This is oh, speculation, yeah. <laughs> But um, I just love the idea that the Romans kind of went all the way up there because, of course, you know, especially back then, 2000 years ago, it would have been just open fields. It would have been a bit boggy as well, kind of marshland. And up there as well, you're quite far away from the River Thames. And one of the you things are, the Romans... But don't forget some of the other rivers. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, but it was noted, the area was noted in the Doomsday Book, which was uh, something that was written in 1086 when we had William the Conqueror who had just claimed the crown of England. And he essentially just wanted to find out what was out there and what he could what he could gain, you know, the <laughs> tax, <laughs> exactly, the tax on the people working, the farms, the manors. And it was noted that the area that we now call Mayfair was known as the Manor of I, and that is spelled E-I-A. Um, there wasn't much in the manner of e I. Yeah, it would win at Scrabble, wouldn't it? Yes, E-I-A. It's a bit of a strange one. Aye, aye, aye. And that was the case up until the 1530s when it was taken over or given to the Abbey of Westminster, who owned it until the late 30s when Henry VIII took it over. Mm. and henry he did VIII, that a lot didn't he he grabbed anything he could get his hand he on. grabbed it all He's he was guy. so greedy um <laughs> so um henry the eighth he was quite well known to use the area to go hunting and just next door to the area of mayfair today you have a humongous beautiful park called hyde park which is where he would hunt and the area, not too long after that, was known as the Manor of Hyde because of Hyde Park. Um, now, it comes together, doesn't it? It all comes together. It all comes together. Now, the fair that happened in May in the area of what we now call Mayfair actually happened in St. James's first. And the area right. of St. James is just opposite Mayfair. It's where you can find St. James's Palace. Um, you can find some beautiful squares. It's just by Green Park Station. And it was noted that a fair was opened. Uh, we don't exactly know when it started, but it was recorded at being there in 1560. And it was called St. James's Fair by Westminster. Quite, uh, it's quite long to write on the banner, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Who wants to go to St. James's Fair by Westminster? Oh, St. James's Fair by Westminster is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think in the end, it was just St. James's Fair. Um, <laughs> and St. James is the name that comes from a hospital, a huge hospital that was uh, where we now have St. James's Park. And it's why we have the name of St. James's Palace, etc. And this fair 
it was uh, a very popular attraction. It is where you would have found people that were bare knuckle fighting as a way of entertainment. Uh, Samalina eating contests. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, and also... They were starved for entertainment back then, weren't they? <laughs> and also women's foot racing. Oh, saucy. <laughs> so women's foot racing. Apparently this happened in most fairs in the 16th century. Women in particular, from what I've researched. Um, and this was essentially women that were racing um with the power of their foot but they were not allowed to run they weren't allowed to run you just had to walk as quickly as you possibly could oh come on yeah um and i guess there was some excitement at the fact that women were doing it i don't know maybe they were bare feet i haven't found that out but um and later you know as we reach kind of the late 1600s 1700s you would have footman racing which was when you have these uh, sedan chairs Mm. which you know you sit in a chair uh you've got these panels of wood around you you've got one man at the front one man at the back they're going to lift you and take you to where these stops haven't they that they put through like they kind of yeah and then they sort of carry you around yeah exactly so there would be races for the footman but it started apparently by whilst carrying the sedan chair or not whilst absolutely whilst (laughs) carrying the sedan chair not the women the women would just were just racing with their feet oh my Um, goodness these guys needed netflix really badly didn't they they? really did didn't they they really really did um now we know that in 1603 this particular fair in st james's was closed for a little while this was due to the plague and of course, when the plague started happening, um, a little bit like now, you know, you can't gather. So anything like a fair, which would draw a huge crowd. And this was a very popular fair. Um, places of education, they were all closed. And nothing is really recorded about that fair up until about 1664, when I found that a man called Mr. Frost, he wrote about the fair. And really? he said that... I love this already. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> He said it was suppressed as considered to tend rather to the advantage of looseness and irregularity than to the substantial promotion of any good, common and beneficial to the people. Sounds brilliant. It does, doesn't it? So that tells us that, you know, Mr. Frost was probably a well-to-do kind of guy and the purpose of the fair initially was for the good. But you Frost start was to fun see... at parties, wasn't he? Oh, Blimey. yeah, 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 yeah. Frosty. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, when it comes to a fair, people are drinking, they're eating a lot. You've got women with their bare feet running around. Oh, heaven you forbid. <laughs> it's going to become a little bit debaucherous. And in the end it moved they decided to move it from st james's and in terms of location in st james's they think it would have been where the road the Haymarket is today okay, which so is that's where really slap bang in the right by piccadilly circus isn't it and exactly um yeah gosh, yeah okay. it's where you can find um her majesty's theater that kind of thing so and because of overcrowding because it was just you know heaving with people they decided to move it to what we now call mayfair and they moved it to if you were to walk around mayfair today you would come to a little square and it's called shepherd's market i love shepherd's market it's so cute yeah what's your favorite thing about shepherd's market i think that just it's a little bit hidden it's a bit secret so you've got the hustle and the bustle and the real sort of 
um, excesses of Mayfair and all the really expensive mm-hmm. shops and you just skitter down an alleyway and suddenly you're in this little bit that doesn't feel like you've got a massive road on one side and you know luxury boutiques on the other I just I, it's yeah it's a little sort of history trap I love it, it is, yeah that's exactly what it is it is a little history trap because so much has happened in this little square so um it didn't really get going until the early 1700s so it moved in the late 1600s um, people started to go, but it really started, you know, pulling a crowd in the early 1700s. And it was essentially a market house. So you had a couple of floors. On the ground floor, you would have usually, when the fair wasn't going on, you would have had uh, a butcher or a couple of butcher stalls. Um, and when the fair was happening, you would go into these stalls and you could buy toys and you could also buy food like gingerbread. And I'll come back to gingerbread in a moment, actually. It's a nice little story to do with the gingerbread. Um, And the upper portion was converted into a theatre. And you would find uh, booths on either side of this market house where you would find jugglers, you would find fences, you would find people boxing. There would be swings, there would be roundabouts, there would be beer for sale, there would be chocolate. You know, just everything that... It's just so fun about a fair in terms of the sense, in terms of the conversations, just the excitement and the colour as well. brilliant. It does. What I love is one stall in particular, which was hugely popular, was the sausage stall, um, <laughs> which basically just sold sausages. Love a sausage. <laughs> Me with the sausage stall, 2pm. Uh, I'll be there for 14 days. Um, <laughs> and also gambling tables as well. So you've got this idea that starts to come in of a little bit of vice. You know, people are gambling. You'd also see at the start of the 1700s, women who were selling their services and selling themselves. Naughty. Naughty, naughty, naughty. (laughs) Now, the first floor, going back to this market house, which was essentially the size of the square of Shepherd's Market today. So if you go to Shepherd's Market... It's pretty sizable. It's pretty sizable. It's pretty big. And the first floor... Um, you had these little kind of windows and sometimes the windows would kind of act as little little theatres where you would see puppet shows. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so you can imagine kind of like walking past, you've got your sausage on a stick and you're looking <laughs> up and there's like these little kind of Punch and Judy kind of shows. The woman in bare feet running past you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just love it. So, so good. Um, there was one particular theatre show that went on um that was written about this was in 1702 and it was called crispin and crispianus um otherwise known as the shoemaker and the prince and this was noted it was a puppet show and it was noted for having these amazing kind of machines so you'd have these puppets but you'd also have these kind of mechanics as well kind of uh, the idea of things being chopped and just oh, wow. the movement in these little windows there would also be singing there would be dancing so it was just it just had basically everything you know people would be there you'd have puppets and during this particular night when the show was going on there was uh, a woman who wanted to be involved and she wanted to get up close to it um, but she was pushed back because she was a woman that sold herself. So she was kind of 
looked down upon oh, and right. kind of pushed away. And some gentlemen saw this and started to get involved. A massive fight broke out, essentially mm-hmm. a huge riot. So people started stealing sausages. Gingerbread <gasps> was flying sausages. around. Not the sausages. And a, a constable got involved and was actually killed. Whoa. Yeah. So it got pretty serious pretty quickly. So a constable was killed and three others seriously injured. Um, and the man who actually killed the constable, he managed to escape. Um, but a butcher who had been kind of active in the fight, he was actually convicted and hung at Tyburn. No. Oh, my goodness. This, that yeah. escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, it did. Crispin and Crispianas. Gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah, so just to remind you as well, you know, this is the time when you would get that kind of penalty. You know, you're going to be hanged at Tyburn. And you mentioned Tyburn on our last uh, talk, didn't you, Alex? Yeah, we did talk about Tyburn as one of the execution places in London. Um, And uh, the fact that the Tyburn River came through what what would have been, uh, what is now Mayfair. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So this really... Uh, started to I mean already there were a few bruises on the name of the Mayfair you know people were starting to kind of look down upon it especially kind of people that maybe had a bit of money especially Queen Anne who was living not too far away in oh that old grumpy woman (laughs) that old woman yeah she was like oh god get me away from the fair because I guess the people would, they would, they'd sprawl off as well they'd move into Hyde Park it would be a little bit like if anybody's been to Winter Wonderland, which right. takes over Hyde Park, and the spill away from Hyde Park, you just have people everywhere kind of meandering for, you know, days, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, so you've got to imagine like Winter Wonderland with women running in bare feet and a brawl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it was mentioned in the Gentleman's Magazine in 1774 as it was a place that was covered with booths temporary theatres and every enticement to low pleasure imaginable oh that sounds exciting (laughs) it sounds like my kind of fair (laughs) (laughs) that's a fair i can get along with (laughs) yeah definitely sign me up and just you know remember it would have would have taken place for 15 days you but the mess Let's just think about the mess for a second there'd be sausage sticks all over the bloody place honestly um, now, it's also very well known for comedians. There was a man called Woodward who um, was a comedian. He was a bit like a Harlequin. Um, he would kind of be jumping around. He'd wear masks. Um, and he made his first appearance as Mary Andrew, who would sing a lot. And this kind of pushed him towards the stage in Covent Garden Theatre. Oh. Yeah. So you could make a respectable living, you know, if you showed yourself in the Mayfair. And when was he around? What was his sort of era? So he's kind of middle of the 1700s, about 1750s. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now, next, we've got to move on to the execution of puppets. Oh, already? <laughs> Is it that time? It's that time. You um, don't sugarcoat things, do you, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, here if we I go. had your fun, now let's kill some stuff. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so the execution of puppets. Now, this would usually happen if a particular puppet show was going to move on, maybe because they've been told to move on 
or if they were at a particular fair that was being closed, which is what happened eventually at the Mayfair. Um, so what would happen is they would execute one of their puppets. So if you imagine that you're... <laughs> around the market it is isn't it and you're looking up at the top floor and you've got these kind of you know punch and judy characters and the window kind of acts as a guillotine so (gasps) one is (laughs) yeah it's all right they're not people alex they're puppets Um, i'm sort of going back to your story from a couple of weeks ago if anyone listened to the the one about um that emily did two weeks ago about guy fawkes and the fact that her mum just traumatized her by throwing the guy that she'd made onto the bonfire without telling her i feel like this is going to happen to a whole load of other kids in a slightly different way this this is true actually we should say that you know it wasn't just a fair for adults there were lots and lots of children milling around um so certainly they would have seen this so one of the puppets would be kind of laid down and the wind would come down it kind of another puppet acted as the executioner the window would come down and the the head of the puppet would come to the crowd and if you won the puppet head then um you'd I, I couldn't find what you would win but you would win something not just the puppet head I mean you could take that home so um, macabre <laughs> it is isn't it it's just mad um and this what is what did you do at the fair time. today well I got the head of a decapitated puppet mother yeah So one name that comes up when it comes to these puppet shows where they were executing their puppets is Lord Lovett. And his execution in 1747 at Tower Hill, just opposite the Tower of London, was quite famous because Lord Lovett, during his execution, um, one of the stands where you had lots of people spectating, it collapsed and a few people died. And you would think, you know, what would his reaction be? He's probably so concerned about his execution and what's happening. But apparently he started to laugh. Oh, yes. unfortunate. Yes. So known to laugh his head off, which apparently is where we get the expression to laugh your head off. Oh, my goodness. So what yeah. kind of was laughing as he was executed type thing? Yeah. So um, from what I understand <laughs> with these puppet shows, because that was something that happened and was quite famous, a lot of the characters that were being executed would pretend, these puppets pretend to be Lord Lovett. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Um, and these puppet shows, you know, I don't know if it's, it's just, there's something about watching puppets and you kind of enter this world where you know that they're not really talking but it's so, it's so interesting to, to believe that they are. And, if you know, it's done well, it can be really, really good, actually. Especially like the wooden puppets, like the way I think the sound of the wood kind of knocking together when they speak. There's something, there's something about that I just really, really enjoy. And, oh. you know, puppet shows still are very popular. Um, there was a, a, a puppet show which was still executing puppets. Um, of course, why would you? <laughs> of course. If you're onto um, a good thing. <laughs> which was uh, rectified in 1872. Um, this was a big puppet show and a kind of a group under the name The, the Marionettes. And they would okay. perform these puppet executions in St. James's Hall. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. It is so weird. Now and let's yeah, get Is it wrong that I kind of want to see it as well? I like... really want to see it. Yes. Unfortunately, YouTube wasn't about in 1872, but Oh, well we can tell because if it had been, they wouldn't have been doing all this stuff. I can tell no, you. No, no they wouldn't. Uh, now I mentioned gingerbread. Um there yes. was one man who sold gingerbread. He was called Tiddy Dole. I presume that wasn't his real name. And you remember a couple of weeks ago when you told us Alex uh, about um the gentleman that wore a ship for a hat 
Oh, yes. Joseph Johnson. Love mm. him. And, you know, he was somebody that people knew and he was, uh, he was in a film. Yeah. Well, he's been in a couple of films. Yeah. Yeah. So Tiddy Doll. background, but yeah. Yeah. So Tiddy Doll was a little bit like that. He was a very eccentric vendor of gingerbread. So kind of well known around the streets of Mayfair that William Hogarth, the artist, he actually added him in one of his um, paintings oh, called... Really? idol the idol apprentice and it shows tiddy doll selling his gingerbread and he was very well known to wear uh, an ostrich feather outside of his hat or just kind of poking up from his hat he would have uh, a laced ruffle shirt a white gold suit white stockings i know yeah and a white apron to top it off um (laughs) he kind of looked a little bit like napoleon i guess you know someone oh, like yeah. that how was that yeah big hat big feather kind of silk um so he would have kind of you know put even the flashiest of dandies to shame if he was walking past it's believed that's amazing um, we might have to put a picture of that up on uh, off on instagram at some point yeah yeah um, i think i will uh, um, now lastly i just want to tell you about another act that would happen and this was a, a woman she was known as the strong woman. Uh, she was married to a French man and a French man would come forward and say, see my wife. She is the strongest woman. And this woman, I mean, this is how I imagine it. The woman was very frail. She'd come out and you think, how is this lady going to be the strongest woman? She's teeny tiny. And she gets an anvil And an anvil is a huge piece of metal, something that you'd have in a blacksmith shop. And it kind of has like a half moon shape. And it's something that you would use to create the shape of a horseshoe. Right, yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so heavy. And she would attach it to her hair (gasps) and lift it up by her head. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then she would take it off her hair. She'd put it on her chest. She'd lay down, put it on her chest. And then someone would bang a horseshoe onto the metal, giving it the same force that you would do if this anvil was just, you know, attached to another bit of metal in the shop. Yeah. And she'd be absolutely fine. So she was known as this like crazy strong woman who just looked like she was going to, I don't know, be blown away like a feather. Oh, I love this. The whole Mayfair sounds just wonderfully full of amazing characters and and I just sort of, yeah, kind of crazy sideshow stuff. It sounds brilliant. Yeah. Um, But unfortunately, it has to come to an end, Alex. Yes, yeah, I was going to say I haven't been invited to it, so it must it can't be around because I get invited to everything, as you as you know. This is true. This is true. Um, <laughs> so when it moved from St James's to Mayfair, that was in sixteen eighty six, and it remained in Mayfair until seventeen sixty four. And the main reason why it closed was because wealthy landowners started to purchase land in the area that we now fully call Mayfair. Um, one family in particular were called the Groveners, and they were given 500 acres of land, a huge area. They started to build beautiful Georgian homes and affluent and, and rich people would move in. 
and they hated the people that would would come to this fair um, because as I said you know it would be 15 days but you would have the mess afterwards you would have people just walking around you know they'd end up going around to the the new estates and there was a man he was um, the Earl of Coventry who was very up there in terms of uh, connecting to the members of the royal family, members of parliament. Mm -hmm. And he had a house in Piccadilly, which was very close to the fair. Um, and he basically got in touch with parliament and said, this fair needs to stop because it's an annual nuisance. He's a killjoy goodness. Yes. So it, it, it closed, but it did move again. Brilliant. Yes. Yes. And it moved to East London, um, and it moved to the area of Bow yeah and you can actually find in bow there is a blue plaque and the blue plaque basically says um bow fairfield the site of the annual whitsun fair stopped in 1823 due to rowdyism and vice brilliant so clearly it's just wherever the fair went the the rowdy nature of it went as well and exactly you know exactly this is the reason we can't have nice things yeah doesn't matter where you are you know it's always going to breed people that are are up for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you yeah. and me basically i suppose it is yeah um so yeah, so this is when Mayfair really started to change and you had um, people like Thomas Barlow who designed and, and uh, created Hanover Square, Berkeley Square, Grosvenor Square, which were all surrounded by highly, you know, quality houses, beautiful homes. You had St. George's Hanover Square Church, which was built and you just started to get in and these wealthy landowners move in. And today... If you walk around, albeit there's a lot more businesses and, you know, hotels and Burberry, Christian Dior, kind of more kind of uh, shops, you do feel like you've stepped into an area which is incredibly rich. Mm. And I think oh, yeah. that has been the case since pretty much the fair left. Yeah. So basically it was just too much fun for all the rich people who came in. Too much fun. <laughs> you shan't have fun how no, dare you no gingerbread <laughs> get out <laughs> bare um, feet whoa no <laughs> and in terms of actually the whole prostitution side of things because the fair was very well known to you know as a place where you could meet a lady of the night shall we say um it wasn't just during the 15 days but you would also find that that would happen you know throughout the whole year um and i think that went on in terms of prostitution in the area of shepherd's market uh up until about the 20th century yeah it went on to very very recently actually um yeah was known as a little bit of a yes a, a hot spot for for hot spots, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for people that wanted to get a bit hot. Yep. <laughs> that was the hot spot. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, yeah, so there we go. So that's the, uh, the fair in May. I love it. I love how the entire area has been called after that. It just, it just sounds like so much fun. And, you know, we're probably... You're probably painting uh, you know, a very kind of nice, clean picture of it. But I think there was obviously a lot of dodgy stuff that was going on to make oh, it. Oh, definitely. Quite, I mean, it would have been you know, 15 days. You'd have had people rolling in the streets all night long and, you know, boozed up to the max. So I can totally imagine that, uh, <laughs> you know, the poshos coming in wanted everyone to, uh, to naff off. Not yeah. in my backyard. But no, you're right. Because, yeah, it does sound the way that, you know, 
I've just described it and we talked about it. I guess it sounds probably quite clean and, and nice, but people's skirts, they the would have been fun. so dirty. The, the floors, you know, you've got horses that would have been roaming around as well. Um, but God, I'd love to go there in a shot, really. Oh, wouldn't it be great to see? It would be so yeah. great to experience that. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Well, there we go. Thank yeah. you so much. I really enjoyed that. Oh, no worries. You're welcome. Hurrah. Podcast Pedestal. So before we go any further, we have to pick our podcast pedestal toppers, don't we? <gasps> we do. Um, do you know? Oh, I think I do, but I'm just a little bit worried about people I thinking that I'm really macabre. Bet I know. I bet I know what you're going to go for. You're going to go for the um, the puppet guillotine, aren't you? <laughs> I really want to, <laughs> and I'm very aware that last week I chose the bloody river. Um, that that was you were going to go for drowned puppies so you know that was it <laughs> don't remind people god um but yes i'm slightly. gonna go for the execution of puppets okay well yeah you're you, you're gonna be known as the goth guide aren't you to one who loves all the blood and gore uh and yeah uh, guillotining puppets i think i like that um, i'm gonna go for mr gingerbread man uh, what's his name oh old tiddy doll Tiddy doll, there we go. Tiddy doll, um, the gingerbread I think he man. sounds great. And, and I love that image of him as well. A bit like, I love these characters who are mainstays in society uh, that we just don't know about now. But at the time, if you'd said to any of them or the gingerbread guy, they'd know. I love that. I love the idea of him tootling around in a kind of white gold suit and all that malarkey. Um, I think that sounds brilliant. Yeah, Tiddy doll. He's my dude. Fabulous. Or the execution of puppets. Just remember that image of the puppet head coming down. And it's like a bouquet of flowers at a wedding. The puppet head has fallen into your hands. You've had a brilliant day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. God, maybe that's what it is. It's like a a bouquet of flowers at a wedding. If you grab the head, you're going to be the next person killed. Right. If you ever get married, I'm going to pelt you with decapitated (laughs) puppet heads. Oh, brilliant. Okay, there we go. Uh, Before we get on to uh, the Wheel of Destiny, just a quick update on what we've got going on. Um, Yeah. So I have I've just done the very first of my series of four virtual tours, uh, which started uh, just this Sunday, just gone. But don't worry, if you've missed out, you can still buy the full membership, which is only £30 for all four tours. And you can, you can watch back on a private Facebook group for up to a month, or you can book them individually uh, for £10. So the one we've just done uh, was Blood, Guts and Rebels in Smithfield mm. and Clerkenwell. Uh, this week's one is Under London. So it's all the kind of secret stuff under your feet um that you didn't know was there and the kind of things that make london uh, beneath the surface then we've got the secrets of the silver screen the following week and then after that uh we have river rambles where we're kind of looking at the history of london through looking at the river thames and all the kind of the little secrets that it hides and there we go so come and join me uh, you can get tickets on alexlacy.com uh yeah let me know if you have any questions about how it works or anything like that and what have you got? You've got your sketch history Fabulous. tour coming up. Yes. Not? So this coming Monday, I've got my sketch history tour. If you don't know what this is, I'm basically going to guide you around Trafalgar Square virtually. And we will stop about four or five times and we will sketch together the things that we're looking at. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's just something a bit different. And it's a, I try to kind of, you know, do it in a relaxed setting as well. You know, when it comes yeah. to sketching, you know, I want everyone to be 
to be relaxed and calm and so it's, it's quite a calm tour um so that's at seven o'clock on monday 23rd um i've also just launched a couple of christmas tours uh, well it's the same christmas tour but i've got a couple of dates and this is all about the traditions of christmas in london so we're going to talk about why we pour crackers why there is a tra- a tree in Trafalgar Square every year from Norway. We're going to look at the Christmas lights, all sorts of things. Um, And that will be on, I've got one on the 8th of December and also one on the 15th of December, both at seven o'clock virtual tours. And you can book um, any of those tours on guideemily.com or the londontourgroup.com as well. Brilliant. Hurrah. Yay. Yay. (laughs) So it is time. All right. The Wheel of Destiny. Right. Um, I've got the wheel and the wheel. Uh, nearly broke it yesterday, actually. I nearly skidded over the bloody thing. Um, <gasps> no, don't break it. <laughs> it took so much to put together. You break um, it, you're going to have to fix it on your own. Yes, I thought we were going to have to do some kind of like big burial for it because it's so important. Um, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> it is here. It's up Guard it with your life. <laughs> right uh, is there where do you want it to land alex is there anywhere in particular um no i mean we still haven't had greenwich have we that seems to be eluding us um no, no i'm i haven't done uh, we haven't done any women's history for a little while so i wouldn't mind somewhere that i could do some women's history okay. uh, but, i mean that's a lot of places so that doesn't really no i'm 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 just i'm just happy to be here i've just had a lovely day out thank you <laughs> brilliant okay right you ready i'm about yeah, give to it a shot. spin here we go oh 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 i thought it was going to land on westminster again um <laughs> we have got waterloo oh okay yeah oh goodness yes fab oh actually do you know what going saying waterloo i know exactly what i want to do oh. um because saying there's some women's history i want to do that is perfect because now do i do one person i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna do two people that's fine that's okay yeah. um because uh in waterloo we have uh st thomas's hospital okay and st thomas's hospital is the place where uh, florence nightingale was a nurse and this year is the 200th anniversary uh they've got the 200th anniversary of florence nightingale happening at uh, the museum so that's really fab but i also am a massive fan of mary seacole and she was based there as well mm. so i'm actually going to do and they link by the fact that they're both nurses so i'm going to do mary seacole and florence nightingale in one little package yay fabulous idea happy with that yeah lovely really really fab. good choice yeah that'll be nice. that'll, yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to that that'll be great perfect me too wonderful so that is it for this week thank you so much for joining us it's been a lot of fun yeah thank you very much for listening guys and thank you so much for voting um yes for for your lovely messages as well on emails please get in touch we love it yes please do and don't forget to like subscribe and uh rate the podcast and share it with people as well if you're enjoying it uh get other people along that'd be lovely Absolutely. Um, And don't forget to tune in to Global Tea Break. Remember, (laughs) Global Tea Break, every day, Monday to Friday, 3 p.m. Alex has got some fantastic guests on. It's Wednesday today, so um, if you haven't already seen today's... What's that? 
Women's Wednesdays today is yet. Today. Oh, we, women's. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what's that? Sorry, <laughs> what's that? What's <laughs> that? Women's Wednesdays today, and then what else have you got this week, Alex? Um, well, on tomorrow we have Moira, who's one of the uh, beef eaters at the Tower of London. Uh, who she came on previously uh, twice, so she, she's coming back tomorrow for more. And then on Friday we've got the History Portal is coming back, so we're going to be <sighs> going back in time to speak uh, speak to a young World War Two uh, pilot. Oh. I love the portal. I love the history portal. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Brilliant. I'll be tuning in. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you all so much for coming. Really appreciate it. Massive thank you to Ben Frost and Susie Riddell again for our jingles. Thank you. And we'll see you next week for some talk on Mary Seacole and Florence Nightingale. Lovely. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.